Thank you for downloading the podcast of the local paper review with a Romford recorder and Time 107.5. Enjoy. The local paper review, where we get to uh, look at some of the stories in the local papers, joined by Chris Carter from the Romford Recorder. We get Laura Burnett from the Ilford Recorder. We get uh, Ben Vaughan from Time 107.5. All in the place, all yo in the place, up in my grill. Um, so before we get into the news, uh, let's do the real roundup. Chris, good Christmas, good New Year? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, very good. Glad to be back. Working hard, but we did get some days off, so that was quite nice. Working hard or hardly working, or whatever that joke (laughs) is that people do, eh? Both. Okay. Uh, Laura, good times? Yeah, it was good. I was in the Lake District, which was uh, pretty wet, not as bad as I was expecting. Um, Well, the Lake District sounds like it's going to be wet, doesn't it? Otherwise, it would just be called Lake (laughs) Valley District. Yeah, there were a few more lakes than uh, the normal, I think. But um, no, it was was great. Uh, We were quite lucky with the weather. Lots Lots of walking, very healthy different from my usual Christmas sat in front of the telly eating chocolate so if you get good. like a big flood in the Lake District it's the one place that could probably just take it just go yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll handle this there's yeah another uh, tourism opportunity um, no it was um, it was great I think actually they were uh, they wanted people to keep coming despite all the floods and everything because yeah. obviously Christmas uh, is a big um, sort of tourist time for them so yeah, I suppose it is brilliant. indeed. Uh, and, and Ben Vaughan from the radio station Sign 107.5. How was your Christmas and New Year? We've barely uh, managed to par- we, cross paths. I know. Ships in the night this week. Yeah, but, uh, ships uh, in yes, the middle of the uh, afternoon. Yeah, it was lovely. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, good Very times. nice indeed. So I can't wait. We are back. It seems like ages yours? since we've done one of these. Ah, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. <laughs> so I should just um, ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bless. No one else cares. That's no. fine. Um, we are very much back. It seems like ages since we've done one of these where we get to uh, head into the newspapers. Where are we starting? Uh, we're starting with um, the Romford Recorder front page lead this week and the launch of a major campaign um, for the Recorder, which is our Mind Your Mental Health uh, campaign, which is a major um, major effort by us to uh, try and end the stigma with regard to mental health um, and also lots of other um, issues with regard to what we're hoping to do. It's in conjunction with Havering Mind and this is gonna, uh, we're going to run the campaign throughout the year. So, so this, I mean, we, we, I think there was an episode of this previously where we did mention something about about mental health. Oh, obviously, it's not been solved since then, has it? You're right that the stigma is one of the bigger problems to do with it, isn't it? That the society just has less sympathy than it should do because it's judgmental, and it's not judgmental about you know you get a bad back, people yeah. go oh bless. It does. Um, um, one of the things I mentioned in my edit- editorial comment in the paper this week was that. If you think of cancer, in the old days, cancer, people didn't even say the word cancer, did they? They said the oh, big yeah. C, didn't they? They said, I've got the big C. Or they may not even mention it because there was a stigma surrounding can- cancer. Yeah. But I think that's gone now because of, you know, I think because recovery rates are better, you know, more people are recovering and also there's more understanding of cancer. It's not, it's not so bad as it was, but I think mental health still has that stigma there's an interesting um thing in like nlp where you talk about your identity or your behavior and all that luck and uh, if you break your leg no one ever considers that to be part of someone's identity it's just a thing that's happened to them if you have a mental uh, health issue people take it on as someone's identity don't they people project it onto them even as yourself you'd think oh this is part of me which makes it part of your identity maybe that's something maybe it goes to the, like that level of detail where you've got to separate it out it's something that happens to people not an actual identity trait yeah absolutely and i think what we're trying to do is is a sort of try and make sure people don't feel that way and also we want to make 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 people aware of the services that are there because there are good services there although 
um, it is considered to be the Cinderella service of the um, of the NHS. Yeah. And I think although there's been great strides taken by the health bodies and that, and in the Romford Recorder this week, we have um, our investigation unit has actually gone into what um, facilities there are, um, and it is improving. But at the same time, you know, there's still a lot to do. Yeah. So, uh, Laura, I mean, big question time again. What what can be done? What is being done? I think it's really important. And as Chris has mentioned, it's something that, um, you know, we're all much more aware of, of that we have mental health. Everyone has mental health, whether it's, you know, good or bad. Um, and also that it's not something, like you said, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that uh, it it stops people um you know you can recover from it with the right help the right support you know you can have a job you can have a family um and also the fact that it's it's not something that's kind of uh segmented it's it's it has an effect on you know mental health issues have an effect on all sorts of areas of um of life so I, I think that there's a lot more awareness i think that with this campaign um one th- one part of it is going to be championing and telling the stories of people who um, have suffered with it and have recovered and sort of how they've used the services offered by Havering Mind and other other places. Um, but it's quite... Um, actually, there's a case study in this week um, about a lady who uh, first began to feel unwell 25 years ago. And she says that, you know, it wasn't that long ago, but just how much things have changed since then. She didn't, she never heard of depression or anxiety. Um, And I think as we talk about kind of, if you've got a broken leg, you know, there's something wrong. You go to a doctor, they know what needs to be done. Whereas with mental health issues, you might not even recognize it yourself. You might know that something's wrong, but you don't know what. Um, And the same with with, um, other people not being able to see it. And it might take a bit of time to find something that, that, that helps you um, recover, but it is possible to do that, and I think that Havering Mind are really keen to promote the services that they've got it to is. help people. Because I mean, this seems to be such a, a big thing in terms of part of being part of the solution is about awareness, is showing people you know the, the good stories and the, and the positive angle. I wonder if social media, and I'll bring you on this as well, uh, Ben. Uh, social media these days, we all just project our lives as a as a fantasy. Um, because, you know, oh, look at every single amazing meal that I'm eating. Oh, life's so happy. And very, it's not often that you would go, I just had a rubbish piece of toast. Mm. What a terrible day. And so when you, if you are someone who has issues with mental health and you see the world around you maybe more as being filled with the joy because we all, Mm. there was a thing on Channel 4, one of the Chris Brooker things that he uh, wrote where they use your social media to recreate a picture of you and everyone looks more attractive because you only post the attractive pictures. Is there anything? I think we've we've always done that though, haven't we? When we've taken photographs, you always smile. It's it's, it's what's behind the smile in the the photograph, isn't it? I suppose we just do it more now on a daily basis. And if you're not doing that, I mean... if, for example, you're suffering from loneliness, which is something we covered here on Time FM over Christmas, um, and you see everyone else having fun around you, it's almost mm. like the John Lewis advert where you're looking in from the outside from almost a distant planet. Yes. That was which a is program. What they were trying to yeah. raise awareness of. There was a program on TV last night about loneliness, and initially I saw there was, there was an older lady who'd lost her husband sort of 10 years ago, whatever, and she was talking about it. And then they went to, a, I think she was a 19-year-old student, who'd gone to university oh, really? and she was saying how lonely she was at the university 
and she was saying that part of that was because she was looking on Facebook and everyone else seemed to be having a fantastic time. All right. Yeah. And there she was feeling extremely lonely. She was felt isolated. She was thrown into uh, you know a completely new world where she didn't know people. She had to get to know people. You know, you go to freshers and everyone's making friends allegedly. Just about remember it. Yeah. Exactly. So. You know, so yeah. I mean, all of these issues are issues that we will be dealing with, um, and it is such a wide subject. But hopefully, over the year, we can we can sort of focus on a lot of these things. And okay. And what's the campaign doing right at the moment? What's what's in today's in this week? Well, in today's, we have the launch. Just explaining exactly about it, and we also we're also encouraging people to sign a pledge, which is on our website, um, with various parts of the pledge, which I won't go into. But if they go onto the website, they can see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also. Oh, you love this, Steve. I think uh, as you as you you like Twitter, don't you? But on Twitter, we're asking people to uh, to to hold up uh, hashtag I mind. Oh yes, just to, in oh, support do this, yeah. in support of the campaign, and uh, get as many people in Havering as possible to do that. And all of all of the staff have done that at the moment. Right, it's just another a way of actually supporting and hopefully make sufferers of mental health feel that they're not alone and feel that they have yeah. got people supporting them. Can I take a picture of uh, like a meal I have in a restaurant with a little I mind written in front of it just to show off the nice food I'm having? <laughs> Is that making it worse or t- I not? I think that might. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, we won't, we won't add that to the list. Brilliant. So what uh, is story number two that's on the way? Story number two, just a little clue. It's um, more funding dis- difficulties in Redbridge. Into story number two, what have you got for us, Laura? Right, so this is our Ilford Recorder front page this week. The Redbridge Council um, have published their initial spending uh, proposals, which are going to Cabinet on Tuesday, and the uh, standout uh proposal that we could see is to cut the current grant to the Kenneth Moore Theatre. It's not necessarily a surprise, but it brings back that debate again about what councils should be funding. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously this is a very, very important uh, artistic outlet. Um, it's a fantastic theatre. It's been there for 40 years and... It's um, just just raised the debate. The friends of the theatre, um, the governors who we've spoken to this week, are obviously very disappointed. Um, but the council have said uh, that basically it's just the way the world's going. It's the way funding's going with their cuts from central government. Very difficult times. Very difficult decisions that have to be taken. So, yeah. this is um, the KMT have been threatened with. Um losing their grant for probably about the last 15 years. Oh, right. So, so it's regular territory. So it's regular territory. And I think we've probably had at least three front pages on it before. Um, Do you copy uh, and paste or uh, write yeah, a whole new one? No, 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 no. Of course not, Steve. But, but it's, I mean, it, in some ways it is, as Laura says, it's understandable. This, this is, this is, you know, the world we're living in now when the arts seem to be the, you know, the target of most of the cuts at the moment. And you can kind of understand that, can't you, that either theatre or social services care for children yeah. and elderly people but at the same time you know I think you know Redbridge and also you know Havering if it lost the Queen's would be a barren place I think without their arts venues really That's true. Uh, ben you're, you're a, a practical man what should be cut? If you're in charge of making cuts. Well, we've spoken to the leader of Redbridge Jazz Athwell a number of occasions about cuts um, and uh, his favourite word is uh, salami slicing, and uh, he said it, uh, that's all he's doing really, is because c- c- you know 
So they're what, trying this, to, they're this trying to keep of the salami. services. But, so what does uh, that mean, though? Salami. So there's thin slices, and you're taking thin slices off of a lot of different things. Yeah, you're you're, you're basically it's getting thinner and thinner because there's there's less and less to cut because without affecting the core services. Um, and then yeah. there's that argument, isn't there? Are arts, uh, you know, the arts are they necessary um, yeah. in this? tough climate in terms of when you're left i, mean, with I would this. argue that absolutely they are and probably just as important as sports facilities yeah oh yeah but then i mean just a few moments ago we were speaking about how uh, we're living in a world where we need to be addressing issues of mental health you don't want to take any money away from them. and they're underfunded the cinderella services we heard but then again um one good thing for mental health is is you know to take part in some sort of either sporting activity or artistic yeah. activity so that is good and I think that can actually take pressure off the you know the actual facilities for health can't it? if people you know sometimes they do actually prescribe people go for a walk or something and and, and we actually say in the month recorded this week that one of the, the good things for your mental health is to get some fresh air go for a walk so also yeah, learning a new skill or learning to sing learning to dance has to be good for the, the mind as well so I think it's a real balance. It's confusing, isn't it? There are so many variables. What, Laura, I'm confused. What do I do? Which way should I slice? I'm not sure I'm confused too. I think everyone knows that this is a really worthwhile uh, facility to have and we need to make sure that it's there and it's there in the same quality that it is now. But at the same time, you know, is it is it the council's job to keep funding that? Um, they have said that they're going to help the KMT put together a business plan so they can become safe, self-sustainable. So um, I think that the... That seems um, the marketplace could handle it, though. I mean, trying to move it just across to the, the free market, keeping uh, business effectively buoyant, is the presumption that it actually is viable. Exactly. And especially with things like Crossrail coming into Ilford, you know, it's going to make it even more accessible for residents to go into London for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be... You know, there's a lot of competition there. I think that what's really, really important is to make sure that people know it's there. They know how good the shows are. They know that actually, um, you know, it's, it's it's pretty affordable to go to the KMT to see some quality shows. And that's going to be, I think, the message um, from they haven't they didn't actually want to comment at this time. But I would imagine the message from KMT would be, you know, we're not. It's not the end of the KMT. It's just you know changes like so many things are facing and mm. and really it's the support of the community that's going to that's going to be so vital so and i suppose that's the test isn't it that if it really is that important the support the community will will back them and if they don't well, perhaps there's the argument there yeah. that uh, it, it's it's not as relevant to uh, the community as the people in theatre might like to think it depends what you mean by back in terms of lending verbal support saying no I think it should be uh, kept very easy but actually getting out of the house not watching some trashy yeah, I mean, if they have to TV. go if, if they have to go private then to support the theatre when they do you know keep going keep going there keep going to see the shows yeah so we are all agreed that the council should buy adverts for the plays on radio <laughs> <laughs> I think not I think all agreed mess- on that one. I think the message to the people of Rebbe Havering is to support your theatre and you know I think the KMT is absolutely run on the shoestring to be honest with you you know I think there's a manager a couple of managers and then volunteers mm. and they've been they have been struggling for a while although they're still putting on good shows the pantomime is absolutely brilliant I'm actually going tonight oh are you oh yeah, oh, no, you're not and all that, yeah. yeah oh yes I am yep, there <laughs> it is <laughs> um, I'm behind you Chris uh, he's behind <laughs> me yeah <laughs> but the well, pantomime is, yep. is recognised as one of the best in London and, and but they don't have like like a lot of theatres you know they bring in someone from EastEnders 
Hamilton, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. They don't actually have, they, they have just good actors who, and the script is brilliant. It's written by a guy called Nigel Ellicott, who, who, is, a, who is basically an expert at Panto scripts. He, he goes around the whole country. Oh, really? Um, you know, putting on pantos. So it's a really high standard. And, and there's loads of people I know who always say, we always go to the KMT panto because it's so good. So the standard is very high. Um, I think what what Ben said about, you know, whether it's relevant is really, really crucial. You know, I think, and I think the manager there understands that they have to move with the time to make it more relevant for the, for the changing community that I have in Redbridge. Yeah. I don't know if this will help in any way at all, but there was a, it's almost linked back to the mental health issue. There was a book that I'd read that said that uh, if you study, the, if people who spend money on things, uh, you end up feeling worse about life. If you spend money on experiences, you feel better because the things that you remember, you always cherish a memory. When you buy a new TV, three years later, that's an old TV. So if you spend money on events, go places, support local arts, then you'll actually enjoy it. That's don't, a good point. Don't take my word for it. Um, so number three, uh, story number three, what are we heading towards? Story number three is about our readers coming together uh, for an author. And we are moving into story number three. What have you got for us? So the clue, Steve, was in the fact that our readers have come together for an author. Just a little oh, little clue for you there. Mm-hmm. Basically, there was an author who put a um, an appeal out through our paper for any fans of the Beatles who attended um, the concerts at the Romford Odeon in 1963. They were actually they came twice to Romford, which apparently was quite unusual. And uh, the author Richard Houghton yeah. um, um, made an appeal for people that had attended the concert to come forward for his book and apparently he was inundated with um, people who had been there and it's quite interesting um, some of the things they've they've come out with isn't it Laura? Yeah it's um, quite quite interesting reading uh, the story's on page three of this week's Montford Recorder Oh that's a good point before we move on in terms of page positioning I've not even asked yet have I? <laughs> Higher or lower than a 20 that's all I need to know I think it's this. lower Steve, lower than twenty. Lower than twenty. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Remember. I've only just got the papers today, actually, so I'm, I haven't had a chance. So you I'm, edit the thing. I know I edit it, but <laughs> it's been a busy week. Okay. It's been a busy week. We'll find out later. I'll read it out later. It's, on. it's lower than twenty. I'm fairly sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, so on page three, you, you're finding out information of uh, things they've said. Yes, yeah, so we've got some. Apparently. The stage was covered in jelly babies thrown on by girls in the audience. I'm not quite sure what the relevance of jelly babies was. I don't know if the Beatles were big fans at What the time happened or... was, I think, was that they were in a press conference and they said, we really like jelly babies. Oh. So, of course, that was the... Um, the, 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 the the key for yeah. everybody to throw jelly babies at them apparently they must have afterwards thought oh hey alright we should have said we like <laughs> Porsches like that. Was, that, was that a Manchester accent well, it was Manchester wasn't it you're right you're quite right I missed I, next town along it wasn't the Beatles it was Oasis was it uh, yeah yeah. Oasis what's Liverpool oh, let's not get into that um, so has that ever happened to you because you, know, you have local celebrity status to get things thrown at you we've had uh, Snickers bars thrown at us in the I last few weeks have. actually <laughs> <laughs> and the, and just to you know, just to say, there are still some Snickers bars. If any readers are Indeed. still looking for Snickers after the Christmas break, yeah. but no, I haven't. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's a real um, time. It was a real time in music, wasn't it? When the Beatles were around in 1963, is when they hit hit the ground running, wasn't it? And yeah, so I think. Um, it's an interesting time. I mean, I, I obviously wasn't around at that time, at that stage. So of course not. You I wouldn't know. I was far, far too young to yeah. 
but uh, I'm sure um, the the people that um, have come forward uh, they, they remember it really well, and I think. When you when you when people come forward and then, then they remember things, it's clear that it's some uh, a major part of their life really. When, yeah. when you know, we saw the Beatles, and at, you're right at a time that not only was great in terms of the music, I guess revolutionised the music that we still hear today. Yeah, Ben, you're you're a musical a musical expert. This is why I'm not answering the questions well, myself. I wouldn't go that far. Um, so anything bigger since in terms of revolutionising the way that we listen to music? Anything bigger than the Beatles? Bigger than the Beatles? Yeah. Well. I don't think there has been anything bigger than I mean. the Beatles. Renee and Renata. No. Well, I mean, they were, they were a close second. Good point. So people are remembering a time that, is, that had such an effect. It's affected the music we listen to today. I think it's great. It's beautiful that they have those memories. I think Pink Floyd were pretty influential as well, though. Mm. Uh, they weren't. They obviously weren't as the hysteria wasn't there like it was with the Beatles. But do they get I jelly think I would say that they were very influential. I'm not an expert, but I think what might have happened with the Beatles that was so revolutionary was that because they were kind of almost forced off the stage, forced out of performing live, back into the studios. They obviously went off to India and what they created was so different because they'd been in the studios and and doing different things. And I guess that that's sort of what maybe changed was that artists, it was less about kind of live performances and more okay. about kind of what, you know, the records and, and artwork and the, you know, the old LPs and that kind of thing. Um, which I think they gave I guess, up. Sorry, I think they gave up on live performances yeah. because basically because of what one of the uh, readers says there that she said she went to the, to the concert and just screamed and wondered why, wondered how they ever heard the music. And I think that's why the Beatles gave up touring because they couldn't hear themselves play because yeah. the screaming was so loud. And so they gave up uh, performing and then went to the studio. But I think with the thing with the Beatles, and I think we mentioned this the other week actually, is that they probably were the first manufactured band, although they had incredible talent with Lennon and McCartney. Mm. Um, Brian Epstein did actually create them. He, he created the style, didn't he? Initially, when they went to Hamburg and when they were in the cavern, they were in leather jackets and and I think they all had different hairstyle. He created the, the, the Beatles uh, hairstyle. Like the boy band have had to yeah, pre-run it to a Exactly, boy band. Yeah. yeah, and the suits. You know, He created an image, but obviously they had the talent to go with it. Yeah. I think that's the first time that you actually had you know, manufactured band with all the style that goes with it. So you've, got, you've, you've effectively got your three stages. You've got, you're going off to Hamburg and putting in, as Malcolm Gladwell calls it, like your 10,000 hours to achieve like competence and comes back with an ability in that that genre. And then you get your manufactured stuff, which has an effect today that gives us all the boy bands, and then they get sick of the boy band status and then go off and actually produce really good music. That seems harsh. I do like I saw a stand in there. <laughs> but the later stuff that was a bit more artistic... They've, well, they've well, that's the thing. Without, things, yeah. without that platform um, to, you know, obviously get together, go off, become famous, and then have that freedom and the money and everything else to go with it to really uh, become those amazing songwriters that they did and put together those incredible albums, you know, like. Um, like the White albums. Album um, and the latest yeah. stuff that's so and Sgt Pepper and all that really really creative um, incredible kind of groundbreaking music and you listen to you know what was it their first album came out what 62, 63 yeah. last album 1970 yeah. and just like such different music yeah. I mean it's, it's no surprise that people still listen to them I think I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the radio but I know that they've just come onto Spotify um, and you know that's kind of so much excitement about you know the Beatles the Beatles they're still kind of seen as just this um, you know incredible yeah. uh, incredible force really and everyone still talks word. about them so thought you were going to swear yes please say Spotify um, so to wrap this up then best gig you ever saw Chris Oh, 
Oh, that's 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 really yeah, really out, yeah. really tough actually. Yeah. I mean, uh, some gigs that sort of stand out in my head. Um, my my probably my first gig was Hawkwind in Harlow Town Park, Beautiful. <laughs> which was which was quite incredible. And they used to have a, a like a dancing girl at the front. I think her name was Sonia or something. I don't even know the name. It's just, it's just, it's just, it, it, I was, about, to it. I was about 15, I think. And it was just like, it's just a weird, weird gig. And I can't even remember what the music was like. It was pretty, apart from uh, Silver Machine, is it? I think they had. You weren't there for the music, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's probably the one that stands out for me. Laura Beskink. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I can tell you what my best gig of last year was seeing Kiss at Downloads. And they were just like, not even, I'm not really a massive Kiss fan, but. Um, I got given Gene, Gene Simmons' autobiography for Christmas oh, because right. of going to this gig. And they were just, I think they're all in their late 60s as well. And some of the things they were doing, there was like zip wires, there was, you know, the stage going up and down. It was it was mad. There was flames everywhere. And I know that Motley Crue as well, another band that like all these, um, you know, I think Tommy Lee's drum kit got, I didn't actually see, oh, did I see Motley Crue? I think, I might, I think they were down there as well. You can't remember. Um, but they didn't do this at the gig and um, the drum kit went upside down and he got stuck this is last week I think did you see this in the the news but best gig best gig of all time oh that's a tough one I love Pulp so I'd probably say seeing Pulp at Glastonbury um, which was a surprise gig and again you know they had their time and they came back and they still got it same with the Rolling Stones a couple of years ago Glastonbury obviously of the same era as the Beatles but you're now listing all the gigs you're doing, which is <laughs> after one and then, that's it um, just, just those three Ben I'm going in I'm rephrasing the question have you ever seen Kylie because <laughs> that would be your favourite gig wouldn't it you know what, I have seen Kylie it's not it's not my oh, favourite she was very good she's amazing um, yeah but to sum up sort of how eclectic my music taste is I'd say my two favourite gigs were first one was Muse in Manchester I saw them at the MEN Arena when it was what it was called back then uh, for the Absolution tour, and they were amazing. And uh, the other one was Lady Gaga at the O2. Beautiful. You've got yeah. the full range. You like theatrics. That's oh, I love it, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but Kylie is pretty good. If you're listening, Kylie, don't be offended. Um, so thank no, you very she's much. Excellent. She's excellent. Oh. She, she was. The, let's just, next week, can we just have a lucky like, Kylie chat? Can, we, can you do a story next week in the newspaper about Kylie so we can talk about it? We can try. Did she ever come to Rumford? Only, very much like the Beatles, only twice. Oh, okay. Once on the way up, once on the way down. Is it once <laughs> she once walked through Liberty, was it? I may, maybe. Um, so thank you very much for joining me. Oh, look, there uh, she goes. <laughs> oh, it's the second time she's on the way down. Um, there's uh, <laughs> yes, the local pay per view. Chris Carter from the Runford Recorder. Uh, Laura Burnip from the Ilford Recorder. Ben Vaughan from Time One Hundred Seven Point Five. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for downloading the podcast of the local pay per view. Listen to the next one live Friday, two p.m. on Time One Hundred Seven Point Five.